Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, hey, friends. Today, I am so excited for you to hear from my friend, Allie Worthington. Allie and I met not too long ago at a conference and instantly hit it off. She inspires me. She challenges me. She's provided so much guidance in my life, my work, my faith, my business, pretty much everything that I'm doing. So I'm going to be quiet and welcome Allie to the show. And Allie, can you say hey and tell everybody about you because you're amazing. (laughs) Oh, that is the best introduction. Well, hello. Thank you. And I am thrilled to be on the show because I think you are just a breath of fresh air and amazing. I am an author and a speaker. I'm a business coach. I'm a conference founder. I'm also in the ministry as well as being a business coach. I'm a bit of a unicorn in terms of all the different things that I do. I'm I'm a big believer that women don't have to box box themselves in. And that is why I so relate with you. I think I was in that season. Actually, I think we met before the conference. Now that I think about it, we met mm-hmm. at Jessica Honiger's books book tour stop, didn't we? For Imperfect Courage. We did. We did briefly. And I about creeped Allie out because I was like, you know, I really admire you from what I see online. And she's like, okay. Um, but we had a great talk and here we are. Um, but I think when you opened up and shared that when I heard you speak at the conference about how, well, I do this and I do this. And my job is kind of this blend of all these different things. I'm not you know, just an author or I'm just in this space or I'm just in that space. And I thought that so resonates with me because I've never been one to want to be in a box, you know, and I think sometimes we can feel as if we're being put in boxes. So I I just was always like, oh my gosh, I've never run into a unicorn like you. We're fellow unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's really funny because when I was younger, when I was in college, I had no idea what I was going to do. I got married right after college. My husband and I had five sons. So my thought was, I will be a stay-at-home mom. This is what I'll do. Mm -hmm. And through the years, that just kind of inspired me and moved me through life circumstances to take action. It was about 14 years ago. I was in a bookstore, and I thought, I should write a book. Now, mind you, I'm a C student in English all my years. I could barely get through English, and I'm, (laughs) I'm still not sure how I feel about Thomas, uh, if I used too many or used too few, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm in this bookstore and I think I should write a book. So I go back home, it's 14 years ago, and I Google, how do you get a book deal? Hmm. And the answer was really depressing. It was, if you aren't famous 
or infamous or well-connected, it's not going to happen. And I thought, well, that's a bummer. The next Google search result under that one was, if you start a blog and can prove that people care about what you have to say, then you might be able to get a book deal. So being 14 years ago, my next search was, what's a blog? Yeah, And that started me down the road of just a creative outlet of blogging. And I fell in love with the format. I fell in love with the fact that you could meet the most amazing people all over the world just by jumping in and writing online. This is before social media mm-hmm. even popped up, really. There was just a little bit of it. I mean, I was one of the first people on Twitter. My Twitter handle is A-L-L-I mm-hmm. just because I was, I was on so much fell in love with that, kind of forgot about the whole dream to write a book because I enjoyed the community so much. Mm -hmm. But I think that that little dream was planted in my heart that would come out another time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just a, it's an interesting career where I keep finding little doorways that are open and opening them and just see if there's something there for me. And I'm having a great time. I love that you just said, I'm having a great time, because I think so often we forget that we are allowed to just have a great time trying new things and being in a season or having a couple different roles and then switching those. And again, like one little door after another. And I was going to ask you, you know, what was your dream when you graduated college or recently after, you know, shortly after college? Because I know so many girls who tune into this podcast and honestly, just women everywhere come out of these seasons of life where whether it's a milestone like graduating college or something else, maybe it's you know, finishing med school or um, training for a job or something and thinking like, okay, I have to have this dream now. (laughs) And then when that's not entirely clear, I think that that's difficult. And so I love how simple yours was. It was like, well, I'm just going to do the the next thing I know how, and I'm going to be a wife and stay at home mom. And then how far into that did the dream or the idea, it wasn't even really a full dream, was it? It was just a simple idea to write a book. When did that happen? Yeah, it was just a little whisper into my soul, I think. It was about six years into it. And mm-hmm. I can remember also, this is about, because my son, gosh, my oldest son is 20. He was one. I can remember meeting a friend. We had just moved to Memphis as a family for my husband's job. We're in a, we're in like a, a mom's group. And I say to this woman, Rachel, who's still a good friend of mine today, I said, you know, I think what I would like to do I'm older and I have more time because I'm, I'm maybe 23 at this point. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to help people on the internet. Hmm. And of course the internet back then was like a Yahoo homepage that looked terrible with shopping sites. There wasn't anything right. that looked interesting whatsoever. And she said, okay, that's, that's interesting. And of course, 10 years go by before I even do anything with that. But I think that as young women, it's really important for us kind of tuck away these little thoughts that come into our minds because maybe nothing will happen with them for 10 years. Maybe nothing will happen with them for a year, Mm -hmm. but sometimes there's something to it. Mm -hmm. And the pressure that we feel like we should know what we're going to do, we should know what our big dream is, that is something that just sucks the energy and joy out of us. I am always going into new seasons of my life going, what do I want to be when I grow up? Uh-huh. What do I want to do in this next season? And everyone would look at me and say, listen, girl, you are a grown-up already. Hmm. But, you know, we are we live in this world where we get to constantly reinvent ourselves and constantly have new experiences. We live in a day where women, for the first time in history, have the doors of opportunity flung wide open for us. We mm-hmm. don't have to 
get anybody's permission. We don't have to get permission to learn, to try, and, mm-hmm. you know, be successful at things and fail at things. It's all really part of the adventure of discovering who we are and discovering how we fit in in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you can have a great time along the way and see it as not as a burden. I, I was recently talking with someone the other day about the burden of choice, and I actually wrote this wrote about this a little bit in my book that's coming out not too long from now, um, because... I think with that, it can sometimes begin to, as much as that's a huge blessing, I think we can sometimes begin to look at that as a burden, like, oh my gosh, now I have so many opportunities, which is the best option, right? And we almost go the opposite direction and think I have to pick one (laughs) forever indefinitely. (laughs) And it's really not true. I mean, I've been in a very short amount of time in just a handful of years since getting married myself, I'm like, I I remember the other day I looked back and I'm like, okay, in just a few years, I've had a photography business. I've run a retail shop. I've run a blog as a part-time business. I've done some speaking and ministry in that way. I've um, done some business coaching. I like, I've written a book. I mean, what? That's so many different things. And it's, it's all just part of the journey of discovering which of these things do I like, you know, and whether or not it's creative, I think that's true even if you are, you know, in nursing for a while, but maybe you have a part-time just hobby of painting or something. Like there's, you're not just a nurse or just an author. And I think sometimes we can look at that and we just gorilla glue these labels onto ourselves. Um, And that's where we get so stuck, you know. And I think those are also the careers of the future are careers that we design ourselves. So they will look different in different seasons. I spent my 20s, my career was really being a mom. Mm-hmm. I spent my 30s building my career and, you know, hosting events and, and mainly staying in the business space until my late 30s and I moved into ministry space too. But I look at you know, these few segments of years from doing different things but it's all part of me. Mm-hmm. And if you look at research, especially um, the generation that's going into high school now, they will, I think people say that they're going to have 10 to 15 different mini careers mm-hmm. in their wow. lifetime, that this is just the new normal. So that idea that, you know, we need to have it figured out, we need to have a master plan, mm-hmm. it's just, it causes unnecessary mm-hmm. um, stress on us. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I I just heard you mention something that I think I want to ask a little bit more about just to give kind of the full picture. Can you share a little bit on events and business? You kind of brushed over that, but I'm curious, like, how did you get into events? What does that mean? Um, And then how did you get into, like, what was your... Uh, background when it comes to the business space? Because I think a lot of people think like, oh, well, if you're in business, that's the sphere you hang out. But then you also, you know, were able to step into the ministry space. And now you kind of do both of those things. And that's kind of my story too, a little bit. And so sometimes I think it's helpful to hear, well, what did that look like? And kind of paint that picture a little bit. The event story is hilarious. So back in 2008, a large women's conference that's no longer in business for female entrepreneurs was coming to Nashville for the day. I was connected to a woman on Twitter that lived outside of New York City that used to be in the music business who had just started an influencer marketing agency. Hmm. She said, hey, I have this sponsor who wants to host a cocktail party after that event in Nashville. You're the girl in Nashville. You know everyone. Do you want to be the plus person in Nashville and host the cocktail party? I said, sure. I had never done anything like that at all. But because (laughs) I was living behind my laptop, Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I'm feeling very brave. So we're planning this party. There was a big sponsor for it. It It's going to be great. Everyone was coming for free. 
until the event that was supposed to be coming that day canceled because they couldn't get sponsors, they couldn't get enough people to come in. So my now business partner called me and she said, I guess we're canceling the party because the conference was canceled. And I said, hey, we already have a sponsor. What if you go back to them, see if they'll sponsor the whole day, we'll let women come for free, and we'll just host our own event. Now, mind you, I had never been to an event about online business or marketing or any of that, so I literally Googled how to set up a conference. (laughs) And my business partner and I met the night before the event. She flew in from New York. And she said, hey, I see this, you know, the schedule that you've done. It's great, but you're going to do opening remarks, right? And I said, oh, I, I, I never noticed those when I was Googling how to plan a day. And she said, well, you're going to do those. And I said, you know what? I, you don't know this about me, but I'm actually shy. I can't do that. Hmm. And she said, these are all your friends. You're going to have to go do that. And we had such a great time that day. Literally, we had it in a closed-down restaurant in a hotel, 75 people. But we had people who are now New York Times bestselling authors and people who are still in the community. The conference name is Blissdom. I was so excited that day that I told everyone that we were having another one four months later. Oh, my. So we went from having our first in fall of 2008 with 75 people to February of 2009 with 250. Wow. And it was just a conference that grew and grew and grew every year. And in 2013, we had our last conference where we put it on hiatus. It's coming back this fall. Of course, you'll be there to speak, to teach mm-hmm. on media and how to use that, um, how to use that well. But it was interesting for me because I literally fell into it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those doors that I saw cracked open, and I thought, what if I just, what if I just push this door open a little bit and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And in terms of business, even though I never took business classes in college, there was nothing about me that anyone would say, oh, that woman, she knows her stuff in business. I took to it so quickly. Mm -hmm. I got it. I got social media. I got online business. I got marketing so quickly that two years later, I was on the Intel company's board for social media. I was consulting big companies on how to make sure that they have a very human voice and that they don't sound robotic when they're using social media. It Mm -hmm. just happened. It came. All I can say is it's a gift. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where when women talk to me now and go, I just, I feel like there's, there's something that I'm going to do later on, but I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I'm gifted. My answer is you never know until you try. Right. Right. I mean, I can totally, yeah, I can totally resonate with that. I mean, even me personally, I have a healthcare administration degree. Like I should be working in insurance or for a hospital, (laughs) um, technically, Mm -hmm. and then kind of stumbled into owning my own little small retail shop in, you know, in college, which then grew into so many other things, which eventually led to opportunities to write and speak. And I mean, same thing. I didn't ever have this, I want to write a book dream. It was like, that's a cool idea. (laughs) You know, and then I had an agent ask if I might be interested in writing a book. And I was like, uh, I've written about four blog posts in my entire life, but sure, we'll try that, you know. Um, And of course, didn't have a clear idea. So that didn't happen right away. We had some proposals kind of, you know, rejected at first, but then it eventually like the door just opened. I wasn't even really pursuing it. I got an email that said, hey, we'd like to talk to you about writing a book just because I was writing, like you said, in a space where 
I wasn't even Googling how to get a book deal. I just said, you know what, let's hold off on this. Let's wait till I have, you know, some more things figured out. Maybe it'll be something down the road. And within a year, it ended up happening. And it's, I always say, like, it's the dream I never knew I had. Um, and it's, you know, not an easy thing by any means. But being in this space now, it was, it's just like, how do we get here? Sometimes I have to look back and be like, wow, so many just what seemed like fragmented pieces of a story, what seemed like, well, this is just a little door. Like I might as well take the call from the agent and lo and behold, you know, she's still my agent and, or, you know, just those little pieces. And it, over time, it just evolves. And it's no longer just a little retail store. It's no longer just a book. I'm also getting opportunities to coach other girls in their businesses and, you know, come alongside them and say, Hey, I fumbled my way through this process. Let me see how I can help you. You know, um, And I think approaching it that way creates so much freedom to grow, to try, and also to impact. Would you agree? Oh, it's so, I love what you're saying. It's so good. And nothing ever makes sense till we look back on it. Right. So if someone had asked me 15 years ago where I would be in 15 years, it is not doing what I'm doing now Mm -hmm. at all. I never could have imagined it. And even every step of the way as I would you know, try something over here or put myself out there, there, show up even though I was nervous about it, even though I was terrified sometimes, mm-hmm. it never made sense. Yeah. It does not make sense until you look back on it. Yep. 100%. And I think that's what makes it so fun. But um, I, well, you, you touched on something briefly and I want to maybe go back to it just about how we often put ourselves in boxes because that's mm-hmm. a big theme of just everything that I feel so passionate about speaking into. Um, this stamp of I'm a mom and that's it, or I'm a business girl and that's it, or I'm a doctor and that's it, or, you know, and it's like, what what would you say? I mean, you've worked with, you know, a lot of women now with your business coaching one-on-one. And when mm-hmm. you when we think about, okay, we often live in these boxes, what would you say actually is a recur is there a recurring theme and is something holding every woman back regardless of what type of business or career path she's on and if so what is that oh that's such a good question I think what holds all women back in one way or another whether it's a girl starting out in her first job or a woman who is running her own large company is what Think what we think holds us back is a lack of knowledge or a lack of resources or a lack of money. Mm-hmm. But I am here to tell everybody with God and Google, we are unstoppable. There's nothing we can't figure out. There's <laughs> so no good. there's no leading that we think we need. If we have God and we have the Google search bar, we're we're gonna do anything we wanna do. There's no holding us back. Mm-hmm. What really holds us back is not a lack of knowledge or resources or money or time. What really holds us back is our thoughts. Mm-hmm. See, self-doubt and insecurity and believing all the things that people have spoken over us that aren't true. Mm-hmm. We get stuck in our own heads and we don't go for it. We end up taking ourselves out of the game before we ever have a chance to play. Yep. And that I mean, is the number one thing I see with women. I oh, I'm over here like, yes, yep, you're calling out everything in me. <laughs> I mean, it's so interesting to me because this is a big thing that I've been thinking through and our own mindset can cause something as, you know, like a disappointment. Disappointment can even become this giant barrier because it's like, I, I've been looking at things like, well, I tried this and it didn't work out. And so we almost let that flatline us. Like, it's like, we're trying to jump over this hurdle with a bum ankle because we look at it and it's mm-hmm. it's almost like, oh, door closed. And instead it could just be door opened, but different direction, you know, like, and 
self-doubt, insecurity, distraction, disappointment, shame, fear, embarrassment, you know, all these things, they're not actual hurdles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're not real tangible things in front of us. They're not actually um, red tape. They're only things in our own minds that we have to learn strategies to actually begin to tackle. Um And that's kind of one thing I want to, I didn't really prepare you for this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway, if that seems to be the recurring theme, you know, if we've got God and Google, but we've still got these things that can get in the way, what is a strategy or what do you often say, here's a step or a strategy to handle or deal with some of these mindset issues that can really become the biggest roadblock to, you know, you taking the step that you need to take in your life? Well, I think it's twofold. The first thing is just realizing that we have a trigger. So everyone has their own individual trigger that can stop us in our tracks and keep us from moving forward. Sometimes the trigger is betrayal. Hmm. Sometimes the trigger is finances. Sometimes the trigger is feeling shame. But realizing that we all kind of have our own little soft spot, and when we get triggered, we start feeling out of control. We start feeling like we're going down the wrong path. We start feeling like there's something wrong with us. Second part of that is realizing where that trigger comes from. When we first started feeling those feelings in our life, for me, my trigger is finances. Mm -hmm. It's because when I was young, my dad passed away. My mom really struggled to support us. It was difficult growing up. So for me, if you really want to upset me, trigger me with finances. Mm -hmm. And then I go, everything's falling apart. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. Imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. sets in and I move forward. Mm -hmm. Some people it is, um, some people's trigger is people pleasing Mm -hmm. and they want to make sure that they look good for everybody else. They don't disappoint anybody else. A lot of times that trigger will come from a childhood where maybe they had a parent who was always giving them the message that they're only good enough when they're making everyone else happy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when we identify our triggers and identify where they came from, not blaming our parents or blaming any situation in our past, just recognizing, hey, I lived through this. Mm -hmm. This is kind of something that shaped me, and it's still something that affects me today. Mm -hmm. We take the power away from it. Because now when I get triggered and I start getting worried about something, I realize, oh, this is is my thing. Mm -hmm. This is that thing that when it pops up, it tries to take me off course. When we learn what our thing is, it loses power over us and we can regain a sense of control. Yeah. Calling something out and bringing it, you know, to light for what it is, I think is what I, I do. Would you say that those triggers, whether it's insecurity with finances or something else, would you say that ultimately what tends to give them power is hiding them, not addressing them and ultimately kind of being ashamed of them? Like not wanting, I think that's that second part of your twofold answer almost to me seems like if we're not willing to get to the root of what's actually causing that, that's usually pride and shame. Um, Those I think can be triggers in of themselves, but I think that's ultimately what feeds us to, no, 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 like don't go there, you know? I think it definitely can be. I honestly think that for most people, we are living life so busy and so fast Mm -hmm. and, and, that's just modern life, that there's no fault on our own, Mm -hmm. that we don't ever stop to go, wait a minute, is there a common theme Mm. of all these things that are upsetting me? I think a lot of it is just lack of awareness because normally it takes somebody sitting you down going, hey, you Mm -hmm. keep freaking out over this type of thing. What's going on? Let's get to the root of it. Mm -hmm. I think we are just so busy 
that that part of it never happens. And if we don't have the ability to identify what's going on, we can never get to the deeper aspects of it. Yeah. It reminds me, not too long ago, my husband and I were sitting in our living room with some of our friends, and one of our friends brought up, or my husband actually brought up, why do you do what you do? Just from like a pure, you know, (laughs) how you spend your time. And then that led to this whole discussion on getting to the root of what's really driving us or what's really tripping us up. And we had this probably hour-long conversation about the importance of asking why. Because if you think of a child and you say, don't touch that, why? You know, well, because I said so. Why? You know, and so they're constantly curious and seeking why, maybe not necessarily for the same reason. But we started talking about how powerful that might be in our lives if we pause long enough to be like, wait a second, why am I doing this? Why am I feeling that way? Okay, this is the feeling. Where is that coming from? You know, and asking those probing questions to ourselves and doing that for that hour even, slowing down everything and being in a space where literally it feels like your soul is just exposed um, was so healthy and so helpful. And some of us didn't even really have full conclusions. We're like, I'm going to have to think on that. You know, you can't always come to it in an hour. (laughs) Sometimes you have to observe your own life and observe your own tendencies and behaviors and background and past and environment and all these things that can influence why are you doing what you're doing from both a positive sense and a negative sense? Honestly, that I look at when I took the Enneagram test and got into the Enneagram, mm-hmm. that to me was one of those life-changing seasons of my life because I felt like for the first time, I really understood why. Hmm. What is your Enneagram number? I am a seven. I thought I was a seven with an eight wing, but I just realized last week through an Enneagram coach that I'm a seven with a six wing. Oh. And I had been, because I at the time when I first took the test, I was running an organization. So my one and only job, Christine Kane brought me in to build and launch Propel Women, that global ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we always joke that it, it, I'm one and done for gainful <laughs> employment. And I was in a role where I was running a large organization, which is really not a good fit for a seven. And I remember taking that test and going, I feel like I've lost some of my passion in this role. I know I'm supposed to do it, but some of my passion just me internally and reading that um, profile of a seven kind of got me back in touch with who I am, Hmm. but it wasn't who I was really allowed to be in that season. Hmm. Can you explain what a seven is? Can you explain what a seven is? Yeah, a seven is the enthusiast. We like to have fun. One of our motivators is we don't like to feel pain. Mm -hmm. We tend to want new experiences. We want to try new things. We want to look on the bright side. If something bad happens, we want to reframe it and put a positive spin on it. At the core, sevens do not want to feel like we're stuck in pain. We don't want to feel like we're going to be in a painful situation and we can't get out of it. The heart message, the spiritual message that all sevens want to hear is that God will take care of you. Hmm. There's something inside sevens. Again, and I, like I mentioned before, my trigger from my childhood, always financial. It's that same, God will take care of you. You don't hmm. have to worry. Hmm. So when I got really deep into Enneagram work, and my husband, of course, has taken it now, and we use it in our family— For me, that was a season of self-awareness that has helped me not only personally, but with my businesses. And I use it with all of the women that I coach now as well. Hmm, That's so good. I've been just slowly getting into it and it's been so informative. Matt and I have been reading that book. It's called The Path Between Us and it just helps us understand one another. I've heard the Enneagram Mm -hmm. described as a test that's more than a strengths finder. It's more like an internal GPS, which is so true. Um, And as much as, you know, 
I still have so much to learn about it. It's been really informative. So if anyone's listening and they're like, why do I do what I do? What are my triggers? Why are those my triggers? What's my mindset? Like all of that, that kind of gets in the way. It might be a really helpful tool just for you to understand yourself. Because I think the more we can understand ourselves, the better we're going to be. Would you say yeah, that's I mean, true? I feel like it's our responsibility as women to honor how we're created. Hmm. Because it helps us not try to put ourselves in a box that we weren't meant to be in. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Because we're we're multi-passionate. We're meant to be complex. I think it's when we begin categorizing ourselves into you fit in this label and you fit in this box and you fit here that, of course, we're going to feel, like, constricted. And, of course, we're going to be grumpy and cranky and confused, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, we were born at this specific time in history where we're born with freedom and opportunities. And that is so exciting to me. I feel Mm. like everyone that's alive right now is so blessed and lucky to be alive because we get to live these lives and Mm. we have all this opportunity out in front of us. It's just an exciting time. Mm -hmm. I love that um, perspective too, because I do think we live in a world that seems to point out anything that's negative or what isn't fair or what isn't good or what isn't this. And while some of that might be valid, I think when we really focus on that, we miss the gift. We miss the opportunity. Yeah. We miss the fun of like, my dad always, what did he always say? Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it was just along the lines of like, life is never going to be completely fair. Like, just it won't it won't always be easy it won't always be perfect it won't always be this but i think we have this ideal in our minds and i think there's goodness in working towards improvement for sure i mean i know you agree with that completely just based off our conversations totally. for the world for society for culture for justice for people absolutely but i think if we allow ourselves to be so bogged down by what, by what might be lacking or what isn't completely great yet that creates this kind of mindset and toxic way of looking at life and therefore we begin to live our life through that lens of, well, what's going wrong rather than, whoa, look at what's great though. You know, look at what's a blessing though. Look at what's an opportunity that my grandma didn't have. So, you know, I think shifting our perspective on that, that has been so helpful for me at least to not look at it as like, well, how is this hard or how is this challenging or how might I screw this up, you know, and look at it more like, but how might it go right? You know, (laughs) and just that perspective is so helpful. We are part of a generation of women that I believe are called to do amazing things in this world. Mm -hmm. There are businesses that are waiting to be launched. There are ministries that are needing to be created. There's books waiting to be written. I believe the world does need the gift that's inside of each of us, whatever that looks like. But what we need to do, honestly, is to develop some tools to get out of our own way. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's why I write the books that I write to give women the tools to keep moving forward in life. It's why you wrote the book that you wrote. Mm -hmm. And we're two women who we probably seem like the last women in the world who would be writing books on helping other women, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 years before we wrote them. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I think is so important. And I think that that can even be expanded to like, there are patients that need doctors in the world. There are students who need teaching in the world. Like this, this, I think what I always want to emphasize is this isn't limited to just what you're going to create. It's also including what you're going to step into um, and what role you're going to fill and who you're going to show up for and having some tools to get out of your own way and say, I'm the least likely person that would ever go to law school, or I'm the least likely person that would start a nonprofit that helps single mothers. I'm the last fill in the blank, right? And that mentality of who am I to, rather than who am I, (laughs) you know, I think 
if we can ask the question differently rather than who am I to, but turning it to like, wait, who am I? Who, like, who have I been shaped to be? And why is that, why would that make me incapable? You know, who am I to ask yeah, and, who and am the, I? And I think the answer to that is also, why not? Right. Yeah. You know, the world needs us to step into it. I mean, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, I appreciate, I think the, just the whole thing on the, this twofold question I want to go back to, because as we wrap up, I just want to give and reemphasize that as a strategy to use. If anyone here is listening, just feels like, yes, I get in my own way. I'm feeling stuck. My mindset might just be really wrong. I want you to remember what Ali said about the first half is realizing that you have a trigger and then taking the step to identify what that trigger is and then go deeper and be willing to be more self-aware and self-diagnose um, or say, okay, now where is that trigger coming from? I think even just asking those questions is a great first step and a strategy to better understanding yourself because that's really the best, that's the best tool we have. And maybe go take the Enneagram. <laughs> it really is. And and those tools came out of my book, Fierce Faith. And Fierce Faith is all about really specific tools and battle plans for overcoming the fears, anxieties, and worries that we have in life. Hmm. Because if you are worried about a fear of betrayal, a fear of rejection, a fear of failure, I think one thing that women do, if you're listening to this right now and you go, you know what, I know I'm not supposed to be afraid. Hmm. I know I'm not supposed to be anxious. I know I'm not supposed to be worried. What happens is we kind of start beating ourselves up over it. So not only do we have to deal with the anxiety but we also are beating ourselves up over the anxiety that we have. Mm-hmm. The only answer to dealing with fear, anxiety, and worry is just to use step-by-step tools. Mm-hmm. So when you wake up in the morning and there's that knot of anxiety in your stomach and you don't know what to do, you actually have a battle plan for how to move forward. There are so many tools and resources out there available to you. Like I said, with God and Google, we're unstoppable. And as women born into this generation with all of the resources available to us, we don't have to be victims of anything. Mm-hmm. We are not going through this world without power and without resources. Mm-hmm. I love that you said that you have actual tools because I often feel like either we feel like we don't have any resources or we hear something like, well, just have faith that it'll work out or just combat your fear with faith. And it's like, great. How do I make that tangible? Because that just sounds really untouchable. Like great concept, well, and you know difficult to is. implement. <laughs> Unless you have steps. It's kind of, sh- yeah, it's kind of shaming mm-hmm. because what happens is women go, I've heard all these sermons that I'm not supposed to have mm-hmm. fear. I'm supposed to have faith. Mm-hmm. But, I've, but what I would do for a season of life, I go, well, maybe I, I don't have enough faith. So mm-hmm. literally, I'm just beating myself up over it. But if we live our lives as believers on two levels, the physical and the spiritual, we have to overcome the fear and anxiety and worries that hold us back by fighting on two levels. Yes, there's the spiritual, but we got to know on the physical, what do we actually do every day? Right. I love that point. Great point, Jordan. Yeah, I think putting it into action. I always say like it's, it's pointless if you're just talking about it or you're just agreeing that it's a good idea and it's actually shaming. And we feel like, well, I failed because I struggle with fear all the time. It's yep. not that you're not going to struggle mm-hmm. with fear. It's just like, well, okay, well, what's your response to it? And just choosing to respond to it with action and with resources and seeking resources instead of accepting it as just reality, you know, I think that's where the honor in it comes. And I think 
what's so sweet about that is we all have the ability to do that. So I don't want to keep you too long, but I just want to thank you for being on because your wisdom has just blessed me and been such a, a mentoring um, voice in my life and a guide in my life. So I knew I had to get you on and share you with all my girls. But before we kind of wrap up everything, can you tell everyone where they can find you and any resources that you might have available that might help them kind of take these steps? Oh, absolutely. I am at AllieWorthington.com on Instagram. I'm Allie Worthington. I have a weekly podcast called The Allie Worthington Show. My conference is Blissdom Conference. And the book that I was talking about earlier about overcoming fear, anxiety, and worry is called Fear Space. And it's available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Yeah. And you guys go check out our Instagrams too, because we're going to do a little giveaway of that book. So if that sounds like something you need, you might be able to get it for free too. And then go tell your friends to get it on Amazon because it's super great. (laughs) All right. Well, Allie, thanks for being on. Thanks for sharing where everyone can find you. And we will wrap it up here. Thanks so much. It's been great. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton with the help of Jackson Willis. Visit lastingmediagroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.